You got it. All right, we're on. Uh, well, hi, Rudy. It, it's hi, Rudy. it's me and you. Uh, I'm Dr. Rachel. I'm licensed clinical psychologist, and you are. I am Rudy Makepson. I'm from ZenTeachings.com. And yeah, and we're here together um, to, which we've done this before. We've connected. We have a, a similar framework that we uh, come from on social media. And so we, we always have dynamic, interesting discussions. So here we are again today to right. talk about meditation and mindfulness and, and how that contributes to um well well i think you and i both know the ways in which it contributes to a grand sense of well-being across many domains but today we decided to talk about the physicality and the prowess that comes from having a mind that is disciplined when it comes to the body and connecting to that um so is that right is that what we're going to talk about here today yeah it sounds like a good talk to me um Excited to have another conversation with you. We've we're getting better each time. So now we actually have video and audio. So yeah, here's to another good talk. Right. And I said to you after the last time we talked, I said I would be happy and honored to be Zen Teachings resident psychologist. And that was sort of in, in jest, but it's fun to be able to collaborate with you for sure. No, absolutely. I love your stuff. I love following you. So. I'm, we're happy to have you and uh, glad to be doing this. So Rudy, can I, can I start us off by, I mean, I think that you're really the pro here when it comes to your work at the dojo and the martial arts and the way in which, um, I mean, yeah, I, I think the discipline you must be able to implement there is staggering. So um, can I ask you to kick it off and, and just sort of share a little bit about how you use meditation to support that process? Absolutely. Um, for us, the way we, we look at true martial arts and actually practicing is there really isn't a distinction between the physical practice, the punching, the kicking, and the actual mental discipline. Um, there's an idea that my instructor, Sifu, kind of introduced to me, talking about this idea of the first fight. You know, so let's say, let's say you're in a physical confrontation on the street, or you're about to engage in a sparring match in the dojo, it's controlled, but still it's physical. Mm -hmm. um, if you have any chance of winning that fight, so to speak, the first fight is the one inside. You know, and being able to control your mental um, environment, control your response, respond how you want to, as opposed to reacting out of some sense of panic or anything like that. Um, and if we're practicing appropriately, if we're practicing in the right way, then there really shouldn't be too much disconnect between being on the cushion, so to speak, and being on the mats. So when we have our testing, when we have classes, they're very physically hard and they're designed to be. They're designed sometimes to be unfair and you're going to get beat up and you're going to want to quit. You know, and, that's, mm. and that makes sense. And, you, and, and it's, of course, easier to quit than to keep going. But the test is to be the person you want to be when you want to be that person. And so when it's easier to stay down, you get up. When it's easier to stay mm. on the couch, you come into the dojo. You know, it's easier not to have that tough conversation at work. You, you have it anyway. Um, and it's just deciding that despite 
obstacles despite any challenges you're going to do what you're supposed to do and uh mm. that's how we tie the mental discipline into the physical practice which really was not meant to ever be divorced um the founder of zen and martial arts you know it's same time so it's just it's later on that we kind of divorced them and decided that well, here's your sport fighting, your MMA, and martial arts is over here, and that's it's it's one and the same, you know. So disciplining the internal environment is just as important, and the the physical aspects are a tool to to harness that environment. They're not the the goal; it's a byproduct. Right. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, the connection between mind mind and body there, and as you were talking, I, I what occurred to me was sort of this idea of courage. Uh, courage over comfort, which I talk about all the time. Uh, Yeah. And it sounds like that's what you're describing. I'm curious if you would be willing to, so, you know, it sounds, I think it's, it's the type of like easier said than done thing, right? Like, and when you're in the heat of physical pain, emotional pain, the fire of that is so greatly unpleasant that people don't, don't want to do the hard thing when, when the rubber meets the road oftentimes, Um, even though it is what's best and it will yield the richest results. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'm wondering for you and and for you personally, and then maybe also how you teach your students, what's the actual process for you internally? What does it look like when you're being pushed to that point and it's painful and you are down and you're going to get up even though it's the harder thing to do. Like, what does that walk us through that? I think for me, honestly, and it might be a part of the fact that I spent most of my life in the dojo, part of how my parents kind of pushed me. I don't, for me, it's just, it's really as simple as a decision. You know, I think that mm-hmm. the idea of, as you put it, like the, the courage and the discomfort, you know, things like that. It's, I tell my students learn to be comfortable in the uncomfortable, you know, and just decide this is what you're going to do and understand that you can't guarantee winning. You can't guarantee that everything's going to go the way you want it to, but you can guarantee that you're going to give your best effort. If that means you get a black eye, then so be it. If that means you're tired, then so be it. But you've got to completely go for it. And it's just a Mm. decision Mm. to, to be there, you know? Mm. And so where I tie meditation in, Mm -hmm. it's not, the, the biggest misnomer, if you ever watch a fight, let's say, and that's, that's my world, so that's kind of my analogy, it probably would apply to anything else. Mm-hmm. But some of the greatest champions, and I can tell you there, of course they were scared. Of course they thought about training. Muhammad Ali in boxing, so, you know, he loved being a champ, but he hated every moment of training camp. I mean, it's mm-hmm. hard. I mean, and, and if I sit here and if I win a fight, and then I tell you that I never thought about quitting, that I'm lying. I mean, we, right. we all, we all think about that every day. I mean, like there, there's right. no way even in, you know, in your schooling and in, in your whatever you were, I'm sure there were moments when you didn't feel like doing the assignment or it crossed your mind. It's right. a readily available, easy option. The idea though, is to, to be able to control that and to mm-hmm. acknowledge it. You don't make it go away. That's the thing with meditation is it doesn't make your life easier. Right. And so far as you don't deal with things, and I shared with you before we started recording some personal things I'm going through now, you still yeah. have these waves and these feelings of wanting to quit come. 
It's right. just that you're in a position to deal with them effectively and to respond how you want to. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and, and that resonates. And I think what, what, what you're describing is and what meditation affords us is this ability to be conscious. And so it sounds like what you cultivate is an awareness of the impulse or the, you know, the thought that says, screw this, this is too painful. This is too hard. And then to be able to, um, with intention and awareness decide to do the hard thing because ultimately that's what's going to contribute to your goal and your ability to achieve that um and so so the sitting practice for you um is is sort of the fertile ground for the cultivation of that consciousness that then you embody as you uh, encounter your daily life and things at the dojo and these these um, ways that you have to exert your your body there. Well, I think the the sitting practice. I had an interesting conversation with a with a friend of mine this week who was going through a a girlfriend issue, and he was saying you know, how does he wanted to fix himself. These are his words. He's like, yeah, I just I'm tired of feeling this way all the time. He knows he overreacts to things, you know. Right. And he's like, how does meditation help? How does that? How am I going to do this? He's, so he's really kind of completely invested in now and he's, he's practicing. Mm. Um, and I told him that the idea with the sitting is like, stuff is still going to suck. I mean, there's no, you're not ever going to get away from that. You know, what right. you can do though is understand how you feel, how you should feel, you know, and then, and then almost like walking a tightrope, there's always going to be, you're always falling a little to the left, always falling a little bit to the right, but you correct before you fall off the rope. There's nobody who walks tightrope who just walks straight down the line. So gravity is still doing its thing, but you're able to recognize when you're being pulled left or right sooner and, and you're able to correct and, and stay on that rope. Um, I think that the decision not to quit has to come before because in the moment, if, yeah. if, you're, if you're debating you know, during, during the actual, you go for a run, let's say, and if you're, you say, I'm running five miles. If, you know, it's, it's tough at mile one and mm -hmm. you give yourself the option of quitting, then of course you're going to stop. I mean, it's, it's just the easier thing to do. And what, what meditation does for me mm -hmm. is I can, with authority, say I am not going to stop before I even embark upon the task. You know, right. because in my opinion, true meditation practice, actually meditating, again, not being meditative is mm -hmm. difficult. You know, it's difficult to still, it it's, it's, it's not just relaxing and, and daydreaming. So right. you're cultivating that kind of discipline and you're giving yourself the authority and empowering yourself to be able to exert uh, that type of decision making that you can hold yourself accountable to. But yeah. you're too late if, if, in, the, if in the workout, or if in the conversation you're trying to figure out what kind of person you are, you're, mm -hmm. you're too late. You're, 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 you're going to stop. You know, that's, mm. that's my experience. And so mm. when we test students, um, oftentimes, especially for a higher rank, there are multiple hours of testing. And then afterwards, you're going to be sparring. And, and you've got maybe 10 or 11 people that you're going to have to spar. And they're fresh. 
and you've been testing and it's not fair. I mean, you're, you're going to get beat up, you know, um, it's not fair. You're not going to look as good as you do if you're fresh on a Monday night, you know? Um, and of course you're going to want to quit, but the thing is not, we don't judge a success in terms of, did you score this point, but it's, were you able to give your best effort the entire time? So I think that's something that in my mind, the dojo is kind of like your lab for out there. You know, it's where you actually cultivate yourself and prepare yourself for dealing with actual tests. I mean, because hopefully you don't live in a world where you're getting punched every day. You know, I mean, I haven't been in an actual fight. And I mean, I, I don't know the last time. It's been years and years and years in terms of not being attacked, you know, or, or being in a bar fight. But that's not what you're training I'm glad to for. hear that. You know, right. Yeah. It, 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 but you do get you're in line at Starbucks and somebody cuts in front of you and you get, right. uh, or you get your boyfriend or your girlfriend who gets on your nerves, your husband or wife, whatever it is, your boss. Right. You emotional attacks all the time. Right. Right. How do you respond yeah. to that? And do you shut yeah. down throw a tantrum? I mean, cause that's, that's more important. That's probably more likely to happen. I hope at least in your life than being punched every day. Right. I mean, sure. But part of the practice is being able to be, comfortable and having this person who could probably do harm to you right um, if they wanted to but you trust that their partners not opponents they're not going to but they're actually coming at you and you might be tired and you may not be able to defend yourself as well as you could but you're mm. staying in there and you're and you're mm. pushing and then i think that that's what translates into your daily life yeah the dojo and the work you're doing there sounds so symbolic for for life and and sort of the Zen Dharma too. Um, one thing you were describing, so I, I hear you really saying there's this commitment to the endeavor and to pushing through the pain of that, to not let that determine um, whether or not you throw your hands up and, mm-hmm. and that it's challenging because it isn't fair and it, it, it doesn't feel okay. And, and that you sort of make this decision to still live aligned with who you are and who you want to be. And meditation helps with that. Um, I was curious about, do you, is, so for me, to some extent, you know, the, the mindfulness meditation that I sometimes practice, often practice, regularly practice, you know, is, is about cultivating that discipline, taking the beat. And it also gives me this chance to get curious about the internal experience I'm having, particularly around the unpleasant emotions or the difficult sensations. You know, if I'm sitting and I'm in a posture and my leg starts to go numb because I'm sitting cross-legged for longer than my body wants to, like that becomes then the object of the meditation. And I can get really curious about what it feels like when I'm uncomfortable in my body and how that changes and what's the sensation and noticing the wave of that. Um, And so when I, yeah, right. Is that, is that, is that a part of it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, you brought up understanding and feeling that uncomfort. I, I am a firm believer that everybody should be punched in the face at least once, you know, I've been punched in the face. I've been punched in the face. Uh, one of my first jobs out of college by a mentally ill, tall man. Uh, I was at work. So I've been there. I know it was, it was really awful, but I sort of feel like 
It's, well, I mean, it's okay. a scary experience. And I'm so <laughs> sorry that that happened, but there's a According- sense of after, I'm sure you felt like, wow, I didn't die. I didn't break. I'm not as weak right. as I thought. You right. know, and, and understanding, uh, <laughs> it, it, I mean, there is that. I mean, you don't want to go through it necessarily in real life. Yeah. But you did, and here you yeah. are perfectly fine. <laughs> and you know yeah. now, without a doubt, that if you get hit in the face, you're not going to die. You don't have to be as afraid of the world. And I think that the other opportunity that's there when you talk about your knees hurting when you're sitting cross-legged or whatever, you have an itch you want to scratch. Right, right. Who's in charge? You know, it's like if, because your body lies to you. So if I'm sitting there and my nose itches, I think all I've got to do is once I scratch this, then I'll be still. Well, your body has just kind of learned that it's the boss, not your mind. Right. And so then, as soon as you do this, now you've got an itch here, 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 you've got to move. So you've got to just decide that, no, I'm not moving. I'm going to focus on the breath. And the idea isn't to, in my opinion, focus on that knee hurting or to focus on the, the part of mm-hmm. you that wants to be scratched or whatever. But it's almost like if we were, were having this conversation, mm-hmm. if somebody walks in you're not actively ignoring them, but you're engrossed in the conversation. You just don't notice it. Mm-hmm. And so if we can get deep enough in the breath, those surface mm. level things kind of go away. And right. it's not ignoring the back pain. It's being so focused on your breathing that you don't notice it. If that Yeah, it does. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know, you know, there, that, that sounds exciting to get to a place to in, in my practice. I don't know that I have yet, but I'm, I'm early on in my, you know, meditation practice, I'd say. Um, so that sounds like goals. Uh, but I am, I am really interested in meditation in motion, you know, like, so the sitting practice is powerful and I love what that, you know, provides in terms of opportunity for, you know, looking inward and being with all the discomfort that comes from that. And then also, and and especially for me at the gym, there's just a way that when I'm at the gym, it's so meditative. Mm -hmm. And I even sometimes will close my eyes Mm -hmm. um, when I'm in the throes of a workout and really connect to the experience of it. Um, because it, it translates. And so in those moments when it's hard and I do want to give up, um, what helps me is to sort of um, recognize what's happening and just be present with the experience of the discomfort and the pain and name it and label it. And it, it, feels, um, it feels like it translates well to emotional pain and psychic pain, which is what I think I help a lot of people with, and they're not disparate. They're not, you know, separate that. um, Right. Yeah. Right. No, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, when you are in the gym, I I find working out to be very, I want to be precise in my language. I don't, I don't think it's meditation, but I think it's very meditative. I mean, I can tell you that certainly if my mind is in it, Mm -hmm. then I can move more weight. You know, I mean, if I'm thinking about something else, then I'm not going to be as strong. I'm not going to be as explosive. I'm not going to be just, I'm not present, you know? And, and so this Mm -hmm. idea of 
when you're when you're in the gym and you're you're having a good workout you know and and you're and you can feel it you hear athletes talk about like i was in the zone or in martial yeah. arts we, we call right. it shen which means no mind you know um it's right. when it's just happening as bruce lee would say or there's what shiva sensei used to say is the spirit flows through you so you're not really the one in charge you know and it's it's being strong there and what actually happens kind of just takes over i don't know if that's similar to what you're talking about if that's mm, if I'm i think it's a, what no it's fascinating and it may, and what came up for me as you were describing that was can you say more about because i think for people who aren't connecting to consciousness or don't meditate it it, it sort of feels like abstract or intangible, like what we're talking about, I think, for those who aren't doing it, don't experience it themselves. And so when you were saying, you know, when you're lifting, if you're distracted, you can't lift as much. That being present for you affords you the ability to get into the state of flow. Um, to, can you describe that a little bit more? How? Like, what is that? What is that? <laughs> softballs um <laughs> <laughs> come on let's i, I mean <laughs> there's no if, if you were to ask a, a a zen master what is zen which i am not a zen i'm not purporting to be okay but one answer would be just to smack you in the face <laughs> that's the answer like that it is being right here right now and right. one of the amazing things about martial arts is i don't care what your day is like assuming mm -hmm. you make it to the dojo um and you put on gloves and you and i are about to try to hit each other um you're going to be in the moment where you're going to get hurt and so you're going to have to be focused right now so how bad your day was at work how bad your husband right. or wife, right it doesn't matter or you're going to get hurt right 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 and it's right. the same thing to me you know when i'm if i'm sparring or in a fight or whatever it is if I'm planning my next, I'm gonna hit Rachel with a right hand, left kick, right knee. And that's my plan going and I have this, then I'm not being in the moment. And anything right. you do that doesn't go right, right. my plan is gonna throw me off. That makes so sense. Instead of being so um, responsive or having to actually, you know, I'm, I'm picking my openings. I'm just, I'm allowing whatever's presented to naturally manifest itself. And I'm responding well. Right. To the same focus, uh, what I meant in terms of at the gym, mm -hmm. is if you're, I don't know if you ever, I do some Olympic lifting too, where it's like the snatching, clean and jerk, you know, that kind of thing. And they're very explosive lifts. So there's a lot to it. You know, you pull mm -hmm. and you've got a hip thrust at the right time, shrug your shoulders, get under, you know, and get there. And you have to just do it. If you, think your way through it while you're actually trying to move any type of weight, it's not going to happen. Right. You know, I mean, I imagine it would be the same if you have, if you're a dancer, if you're a, a pianist, I mean, you can't be in a concert and thinking about what key is going to sound like what you already have to kind of know that and be locked in and dialed in. Right. Um, sure. That's in that place is, is where, again, that's what the meditations, kind of about and so right, we do is right. we get there we learn to discipline if you can't 
you know, still your mind, then at least you're going to still your body, you know, and then you're going to be the person you want to be in that moment and that 10, 15, 20 minutes, five minutes on the cushion. Right. And take that same discipline into your everyday life. And the fact that I can say this, I, I you know, you, you mentioned you're kind of new to meditation and I don't, I don't want you to be self-deprecating about it. I mean, I don't get through, there's a, a old story Sifu told, guy's been practicing for 50 60 years and he said if he can get through one breath maybe two then it was a good message mm. about his mind wow, wow. so wow. it's it's a matter of how accountable are we holding ourselves you know a lot of people right will, will see these things and i say i can't do that you know my mind i'm not i can't meditate right right like i get it we all have add to some degree <laughs> we all have things going on right you know it's just but stop giving yourself the excuses and um mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah you know. i'm with you 100 percent, and everything you described you made a lot of sense and um yeah i'm coming up on three i think three years of meditation practice and so it's really comforting to hear that your master who's like decades beyond me is you know that it isn't um that it's a practice because it's a practice that that's what makes it, you know, exactly. Um, right. Right. And I, and I really appreciate what you said about, um, well, so it makes a lot of sense that, you know, being present affords you this opportunity to engage in the activity in a way that will yield the results that are the richest, as opposed to if you're, um, you know, thinking about what happens, you know, or planning what will happen. That the, that I was at Kundalini Yoga earlier, and she was talking about sort of the way in which there's sort of like this. A lot of people are operating from this like zombie place, you know, like they're just not awake to what's happening for them right now, and that's all there ever is. And so it makes sense that there's a strengthened vitality and focus and ability when you're with what's happening for you in the experience of it uh, um, in an aware way. So thank you for being willing to answer, take your best stab at that question. It made a lot of sense. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Yeah. And then the other thing you started to talk about, which I, you know, help people with a lot is, is this like the self-limiting beliefs or the narratives that you were describing as these excuses that I think people really believe that, that these, these things that they tell themselves about their own limitations that may not be true and oftentimes aren't true. And that's not to say meditation is for everybody. It doesn't have to be everybody's thing. Although I do think that all human beings would benefit from it. Like objectively, I think it is good for us as a species. Um, but I appreciate what you, you said about the, and so I think even that then becomes the object of the meditation, the, the thought of I can. Well, in your practice, when you deal with your patients, I'm sure I can only imagine if, if, if you have this negative self-talk all the time, right? and I believe I can't do something, or I tell myself I can't do it, then you're gonna be right. I mean, and right. Even, even if you have the physical ability, if you don't believe you can actually do something and you are predetermined that you're going to fail, then you're going to find a way to do that. I would imagine you, you probably have people come to you all the time who are, you know, sucking these negative cycles and you just kind of have to shake them out of it almost. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's the crux of a lot of the work. It's called like a self-fulfilling prophecy that, Mm -hmm. and I think, you know, that's a lot of the manifestation stuff out there is like getting, helping people stop sabotage, eliminating self-sabotage, these narratives, these stories that, that, that then create the person's reality totally, entirely. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and I think meditation helps elicit the awareness of the narratives and, and, and be able to like recognize that, that that is what's influencing someone's behavior. And so in the gym or in the dojo, you know, if people are coming from that place of when it gets hard, I'm going to give up because I can't push through it or pain is too difficult for me to endure conscious or unconscious, but meditation, I think helps that come online so that people can then tackle that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's training. I mean, you can't plan for a fire while your house is burning. You know, I mean, you've got to put some time and effort into that. And then, and if we're actually training our mind, training ourselves to be the people we want to be when we want to be those people, then when the actual disaster, catastrophe, whatever it is, strikes, or even the minor inconvenience, the minor challenge, you know, right. it doesn't, it's not cataclysmic all the time. Um, it's, you know, there's more traffic than you expected or whatever. Right, right. Um, you don't have to treat it as a tragedy. You can recognize it for what it is and, and respond well. That's really all it's about. Like, you know, we don't really, in terms of physical practice, we don't do a lot of tournaments. We're not, you know, interested in, in making like a world champion so much as a champion in your world meaning yeah and actually just be the person that, that that is most appropriate for for your circumstances and for what your goals are and to right. me the only way to really understand what those goals are is to know yourself and the best way that i know personally to know yourself is to sit and spend some time alone and i think right. that people don't do it because we don't we don't like the company sometimes you know i mean we're, we're kind of always trying to keep our minds busy i notice right. on, on your i follow your page and then your site and you you have times where you talk about unplugging um you talk mm. about kind of taking that quiet space for your for yourself or you i've seen you write things about like i'm not going to answer my phone for x amount of hours i'm not going to feel obligated just because the phone dings i have to text right back or whatever right Right, right. I think that's awesome. You know, I mean, that's that that shows a strength that a lot of people don't have um, mm. because they're so dependent on on that constant kind of interaction because they don't want to be by themselves. Right. So I really right. admire that about your your work. You know that, that I've mm. seen. Thank you, thank you so much for saying that. I I, I agree wholeheartedly that people fear themselves and so are frantic in their efforts to avoid it and that and that that doesn't work it's only it only perpetuates these patterns that are left unexamined um and i think there's also just like a void that a lot of people feel and struggle and and really scramble to fill and that there are healthy and unhealthy ways to do that. There are ways that optimize our functioning and our well-being and our sense of joy and satisfaction in our lives. And there are ways that create, you know, intense depths of despair. So I right. think solid, yeah. I mean, if I'm miserable by myself, 
I could, I got a couple options. I could learn to be okay with myself and, and, and learn to maybe channel that energy into a practice or into a workout or something else. Right. Or I could go get a bunch of alcohol or I could go to a bunch right. of drugs and, and just turn my mind off. Either way, it's the same thing, right? Right. Because one's going to lead to destruction and, and nothing but negativity. And the other is yeah. a true transcendence and a true overcoming. And right. I think that just like quitting in a fight, you know, the drugs and alcohol are the easier choice. You know I mean, yeah. if you, it's, it's, I mean, it really, it is, it's not the right choice, but it's certainly understandable. Right. Totally. Why people drink. It's understandable why people do drugs. Um, right. It's just that, you know, and, and there has to be some motivation, belief and faith almost that there's something else that can get you past these, these little suffering moments that you're going through, you know, and that's, it's, it's no mystery to me that people quit. It's no mystery mm -hmm. to me that people take the easiest way out. Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, being a human can be hard, huh? It's hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, I don't, I mean, I'm a Game of Thrones fan, and they say winter is coming. You know, it's, all, it's always coming. I mean, it is. There's always going to be something. Right. You know, um, and what we can do, the best we can do is try to be able to respond well in those situations and not be completely wrecked. I mean, if you're, if you see yourself, you're a boat and you're on the ocean, I mean, there's going to be calm seas and there's going to be waves. There's going to be, right. you know, storms and, and you can't control that. So stop trying. You know, I don't want right. don't, the idea of if I meditate, the seas are always going to be calm. No, that's right. Wrong. And if you expect right. that, that's wrong. If you right. come see you for an appointment, that means that whatever's bothering me in my life is not going to be there. That's wrong. Right. And to think that the practice is no good and to think that Dr. Rachel can't help me or whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, if that's you're, you're looking at it and, and framing the question wrong. The idea is right. to be able to at least have a sail, a rudder, and a steering wheel on that, on that water. And sure. to be um aware enough and to be proficient enough to to, nav to navigate successfully not to try yeah. to control the water right you learn how to sail i i i often use the like ride the waves with the surfboard mm -hmm. um but i think i think you're right and i think you know when you empower yourself to figure out how to ride the wave or sail the boat you're free then then right. you are totally entirely free there's nothing to fear because you right. know exactly what to do and what you need to do and how to nurture yourself through it and and you can rely on yourself i think all of this one thing that came up for me when i was thinking about this topic is that then you believe in yourself you trust yourself you no longer betray yourself or abandon yourself by going to the liquor store and ending up in this self-destructive pattern you figured out how to be with the hard realities that you will invariably confront in life. And you know how to do it with tact and grace and love. No, I a hundred percent agree. And that's part of other than just a healthy life and, and working out to bring it back to your original, you know, how yeah. to find the physical. Then, yeah. then what happens is when that wave comes, use your analogy of riding the wave. It's not the first wave you've seen. You've right. been in uncomfortable situations before, and now you can ride it with that confidence, with that 
right in that in that in that feeling of empowered state that you just referenced because right. it's not your first time you know right. and, it, and it's better to me to and obviously to you too i mean but to practice with 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 your working out with your training whatever it is that you do i think people should and not everybody's going to want to punch and kick not everybody's going to want to run not everybody's going to want to lift weights i mean we all have different things that are we're suited to and i recognize yeah. that but everybody should do something that makes them a little bit uncomfortable every day For you know sure. and, and do it in a controlled enough way that you can you can feel legitimate challenge but also have a reasonable measure of success yeah. I think it's, it arms you for life for when those unexpected waves do come and you're, you're yeah. in a better position to ride them well. Sure. Sure. I, well said. I mean, I think I want to just to start to wrap it up. I wanted to say that I, I second your recommendation that, you know, everybody should find some way to connect to their body, move their body, challenge their body. Um, and then what I also, I think one of the main takeaways that I've got from you today practically is that, you know, it's more than anything about committing to yourself to, to, to do it and to push through and to not let yourself give up on yourself and to trust that you can um, tolerate the discomfort. And uh, yeah, I think it's absolutely. And I, um, and holding yourself accountable. If we could, you know, I challenge a lot of people to say, I've, I've never meditated. I've never done a workout, whatever it is. Okay. So just decide I'm going to do this every day. If it's something, you know, 10 push ups. if it's sitting for three minutes, but I'm going to do it every day. I'm sick. So what I'm doing it. I'm not like, I'm not giving myself the excuse and make yeah. it where it's, it's doable. If you said I'm going to run 15 miles a day, you're probably going to fail at that. But if you say that I could do, you know, 10 push-ups a day, maybe that's something that's attainable for you. You know, but, but hold yourself accountable to just be the kind of person who does what they say they'll do. Mm. And I think that that's, that's one of the biggest benefits of your practice. Sure. And that's, I mean, that you just described integrity and accountability is such a big part of that. And and I, and I appreciate, you know, the community that you're building and that I get to be a part of it and vice versa, because I think it's that type of connection with like-minded others that helps, that helps with the internal accountability, you know, knowing that there's someone on the outside too, who recognizes the work that you're putting in and supports you in that and, and is going to hold you to it. No, it's great. I mean, I, I love reading your stuff. I love following you and, um, it's good. I get, I get you know. it's a different perspective because mine is so just martial arts and folk and, and you're, you're bringing a completely different background as psychologist, as a, uh, as a woman, as, I mean, it just all kind of things that different perspectives I don't have inherently. And it's yeah. to share, to share that and to be able to, to get your input. And I, and I kind of feel like if I said something that was off, I think that you would probably call me out on it, you know, and, and that's a good thing. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I like, I, I, I'm glad that you picked up on the fact that I take a bit of a no nonsense approach with compassion and, you know, give people space, but yes, ditto. Thank you. And 
It's always fun to chat. So we'll have to think about what our next dynamic topic will be, Rudy. All right, we will. Um, this has been great. I appreciate you taking the time, um, and I will talk to you soon. All right. Okay. Peace. Good night. <laughs> Bye.